Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Nile Nine podcast. It's Nile here and Andre Cleary. Hello. Hello. How, How are you doing? I'm good. 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 Um, welcome back after our special uh, all about Irish nightlife. If you're interested in giving that a listen, do. But we have more pressing concerns um, in the immediate future, as in our immediate future, right in front of us. We are going to be uh, talking about the new album from Julia Jacqueline, um, her second album from the Australian singer songwriter. And we'll also be talking about uh, new tracks of the week from uh, Tierra Wack and uh, what else we got? Kojak and a few other things in there. But first, um, I guess what's what's been going on for uh, in general festival announcements? They have started. My bank are, account is crying. We are in we are in the zone. Um, this in the last past week, um, we've had announcements from All Together Now, the second year from the festival. Um, that happens in Curramore in Waterford, and then last night, we had Body and Soul announce as well. So, um, two kind of big, medium-sized alternative festivals announced uh, this week. How did they they fare? I wanted to talk about these because I feel like um. What's happening with these two festivals is an interesting thing because altogether now, first off, we'll start with them. You're going to go this year, you said. Yeah. It's going to happen. You're going to go. Um, go. So it's kind Father of... Father John Misty's playing. Yeah, it is totally your kind of festival, right? It is, yeah. In terms yeah. of lineup, Father, FGA is playing, um, Josh Tillman, Father John Misty, Paddy Smith is playing, yeah. John Hopkins is back playing another festival, The Good the Bad. The National. The Good Bad and the Queen, The National. Um, Hot Chip are playing, Kyasmos, uh, Olafur Arnold's doing Lisa a double Hannigan. job. Lisa Hannigan and Stargaze. Um, and then a smattering of acts like Lil Green Cars, Jose Gonzalez, the London Afrobeat Orchestra performing mm. Talking Heads. 
ships. That would be fun, I think. Pillow queens, who we might be talking to on this podcast very soon. That all happens on the 2nd to the 4th of August in Curramore. I mean, we, I was there last year and it was a really great first edition of the festival. Mm. Um, it had the weather, it had an older crowd and a younger crowd as well, a family-friendly crowd. Really, really great. I really enjoyed it. And it's the only festival from last year, because I took a little hiatus last year, um, that I had FOMO for. It was the only one that I was like, ah, do you know, I actually do wish I went along yeah. to that. Just to see it in its first year and to kind of be there for yeah. the moment it was so that it lovely. was. It was so lovely. Yeah. And it was so, it was such a really nice, like, it was like, it was like, I'm over festivals at this point because I've been gone for so long. But mm. I really felt like I didn't want to leave that. I had to leave that on Sunday early to go to a, a wedding, which was great. But uh, it was one of those lovely days. And you're like, they've done a lot of nice things with this site. Mm-hmm. And obviously what's happened with All Together Now was slightly um, a question mark over it because um, John Rells passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, formerly of uh, Electric Picnic and then um, set up pod concerts. Uh, he had started this festival as a definitely a second um, offering um parallel lines kind of to build up upon what had went wrong with Electric Picnic Mm. and first year went really successful and unfortunately John passed away suddenly and um, so it's been interesting I think Aiken have taken uh, a stake in the festival it hasn't been officially confirmed but I think that's what's happened based on some of the acts that are on this bill Mm. including Father John Misty, The Good Bad and The Queen um, a couple others there that would definitely have been on Aiken bills as well Little Green Cars and Lisa Hannigan perhaps as well. Do we know if the festival's growing in size for this year? I think it's going to be 15,000, yeah. So okay. it is growing and yeah. it's apparently it's gone to 16 stages this year Okay, as opposed to, I think there were seven or eight maybe last year. Wow. So it's a big, big jump. So it's a big year for the for this festival having established itself in the calendar very quickly and becoming the festival that a lot of maybe the more jaded people who went to Electric Picnic yeah. are now kind of going, this is my festival now. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how this develops over the next few years. But I think first year was a great example of how to do a festival um, right in the first year. But festivals, you know, do rely on the weather. That festival had... Uh, was shining mm-hmm. with, with sunshine. It's a good year. weekend it was, for it. Yeah, yeah it's so a pretty it safe bet. That is August Bank Holiday weekend. Now, last night also, uh, Body and Soul um, announced their uh, first few acts, first uh, like 20 or something acts. And I thought it was interesting. This is their 10th year running. Um, Body and Soul is a bit of a curio in a way in, on the festival calendar because it's very ambitious, but it's one of the few festivals that is run without any promoter backing in terms of like altogether now is run by pod electric picnic is festival public and mcd um independence has some mcd connections a lot of these festivals have an offering that they can give to acts for gigs mm-hmm. uh, for the rest of the year so maybe a vicar street show or olympia show or the academy or whatever else uh, longitude would have you know funnel their acts to regular venues throughout the rest of the year. But Body and Soul is unique in that it can't really do that. Um, And it's always relied on the alternative and the experimental and the more um, emerging, perhaps, and Mm. also more unique acts. So there was a launch last night, which I thought was really interesting. I guess it was to remind people, they've done a kind of rebrand of the festival. And it was kind of to remind people that... um, Body and Soul was started by two friends who have been friends since they were eight years of age, uh, Avril Stanley and Jenny Wren. 
one festival director and one uh, festival booker. Mm. And they kind of just were trying to recontextualize the festival in the landscape of where they're at. Coming back into their 10th year, it happens on the summer solstice weekend, June 21st, 23rd. Um, it is a festival that's always going to, quite, never going to quite get the big name acts that people would like. Sure. In terms of like, so a lot of like beforehand last night, before we knew any of the acts, you know, the word like Robin was the one that people wanted to see yeah. on this lineup. But there's, to be realistic about it and haven't talked to like Avril and Jenny afterwards. And there was a really nice little event and I'll tell you about it now. But like Robin is going to cost so much money. And, yeah. a, and a, a festival like Body and Soul cannot really afford to put on Robin because Robin is is at this stage an electric picnic act. Yeah, and I'd expect uh, when it, on the March thirteenth this year when electric picnic do announce that Robin would be on the list. Now yeah. I don't know that for sure, mm. but I'm just it's kind of an educated guess, I guess. Yeah, you know it'll happen. I also heard rumors of the 1975 might be on that bill as well. Your your, my, fav, my your favorites. And uh, well, actually, this is the other thing. Uh, I also heard Mitski might be playing as well. Oh, shut the anyway, door! Am just, I going to have to go to Electric Picnic? <laughs> Uh, you can fly in and fly out. Yeah. Um, but that was uh, Mitski. Uh, yeah, they're just rumours for now. But mm. um, that is the festival that's already sold out. And the lineup is less important to most of the attendees that go now because yeah. it's so big. Yeah. It's a huge festival. How many people it goes who are like... Uh, I, I actually don't know. Like, the last time I went well to it... It may as well be 70,000 people. I'm not yeah, even sure anymore. I haven't been to it since it was 30,000. Yeah. Um, so that's how long ago it was that I was last there. And um, 30,000 felt like enough for me, yeah. I decided after that not not to return. It's just too many people. Fifty seven thousand people. Christ. Yeah, so it sells out instantly without a lineup being announced. Um, but Body and Soul is the more. It's more inclusive in terms of it. It's more interesting in terms of. I don't say the other festivals aren't interesting. What I'm saying about this is, it tries to go a little deeper. It tries to take a few chances because it by necessity it's necessity of being the small fry in a big pond mm. it has to kind of go on the, for those acts that maybe don't fit other places and I think it's the kind of festival for people who aren't necessarily going because it's a music festival yeah it's and they like, do talk a lot about that actually, yeah like it's them. the solstice weekend it's got obviously it's called body and soul it it always has this kind of spiritual um, kind of earthy aspect to it that I've always enjoyed and it's always drawn me to the body and soul area electric yeah. picnic whenever i've been there as well an emphasis on food and, yeah and emphasis yeah. on stuff like yoga and healing and yeah. like reiki those, yeah <laughs> those kind of things uh discussions and talks um put on by really passionate people mm. um you know branding is sort of kept to a minimal i guess yeah. or try to keep it in line with the festival ethos and every year um, the festival do a, a theme of some kind and that could just help them frame what they're doing mm. so the big rebrand this year and their theme is around ritual and it's like the idea of the summer solstice and all that kind of stuff i mean it, it's in one way it's marketing speak but in sure. the other way it's kind of like it helps them decide how they're going to stand out and yeah. they talked a lot about that last night in terms of like what we wanted to do for our 10th year why are we doing this? Every year we have to ask ourselves why we're doing it. And the, by the necessity that they don't have the budgets that some of the bigger festivals who are made by the big promoters have, they have to reach these acts at the right time and also try and convince them. Like it's an industry. 
after all, right? The industry, there's live agents, there's bookings, there's all these people in front of the artist. Mm. It's really hard to get to the artist and be like, hey, you should come to this festival because yeah. actually this will be a better fit for you. So, for example, I guess on this year's lineup, The Blaze are playing and that is a really great booking for a festival like Body and Soul. Um, they played Electro Picnic last year in the evening at one of the tents and could have easily got lost. But here they're going to be put on a big stage, um, one of the main acts. And I think that's where you, a festival like Body and Soul can really say, hey, we're different and we can do this. But it's really how do they communicate that is the problem. Yeah, I think it's it's probably very hard to, one, get in front of the artist because I don't I don't think it would take a lot for a good artist to see the value of something like Body and Soul where sort of our artistry itself is at the forefront as as opposed to money and corporate sponsorship and branding. Um, but if you're a booker for a festival, you're going to be dealing with like the decision makers and not the artists themselves. So exactly, yeah. I think it's, it's a really, um, it's, I imagine, a very difficult thing to convince the management of yeah. bands to yeah, co- come the to li- this the festival live agent and not another just one. get like silly offers all the time yeah. for for bands like that. So yeah. this year, like I think they pulled out a really interesting lineup. Um, they talked about it last night. Says, we wanted to put on a party because you know they've had some. They talked a little bit about how there was things going on personally for them, and they were like, we just want to bring it back to a party so they put on the likes of Mode Selector The Blaze Santi Gold mm. Princess Nokia which was a great booking and it was an audible gasp when people basically what they did instead of a, a launch a traditional launch where loads of people are just milling about the place mm. they went to a big romance on Parnell Street uh, I didn't realise this until I got there there was about 40-50 people there everyone was sitting down um, they used a really nice uh, Toby Hatchet sound system in there and they kind of like introduced 10 of the acts and just played a bit from each, like 90 seconds to two minutes of each act mm. and explained why they picked them and why they think they fit the festival. That's cool um, that there's a bit of like, this is why we think that it shows that there's deci- like decision there and not just yeah. a and big I think act I, for its own sake. Exactly. And that's what I liked about them. I think they just are the kind of people who, not saying... Obviously, I'm not saying that other promoters don't care, but like it's a very close symbiotic relationship that these two women have. Mm. They're very strong personalities themselves. They can be very convincing. Um, but I really respect them because they do take, um, they can take uh, risks in that yeah. by putting on the likes of Kruder and Dorfmeister. You ever heard of Kruder and Dorfmeister? I, I have not. <laughs> well, like, I mean, it's actually before my time as well, but like really kind of uh, almost like chill out kind of breakbeat stuff from the early 90s, like okay. that kind of vibe, trip hop kind of stuff, down tempo music um, mm. that I would have missed. Mm. But then that's on the lineup along with like somebody like Princess Nokia, who's very young, very cool. So like so K Tempest, who is uh, a lyricist and a poet and uh, an author. Um, the likes of Talos here locally, um, Soak, Wyvern Lingo, um, Leisha, Wen Young, those kind of acts that are a little bit off the kilter and a little bit uh, alternative. So yeah. I think it's a it's a good a good first offering, and I like it's very easy to forget in the context of when we're in festival season and all these like lineups are flying at you that like you know people have to work to get these acts uh, on the bill, yeah. and that's a, a huge stress. But it's also like. You know, people are like, you can very easily dismiss something when you see it on social media. You're like, oh, there's the line of poster. And you're like, oh, I don't think I'll go this year. Because oh, it's like, completely, yeah. you know, you're discounting yeah. the actual experience. And I think 
you know, festivals have grown so much in the mm. last 20 years here that like they're practically unrecognizable from where we were 20 years ago. We have to be one of the like best countries for Oh, we're the we're one of the best countries. Offerings. That's for sure. Like, no, just full stop. It, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like in terms of festival offerings, like we we are spoiled. Yeah. Like um, it's insane. Yeah, that's the thing, you know, like we, we've already seen this year Casablanca He's yeah. taking a break this year, maybe affected by the likes of Altogether Now mm. um, appearing on the same weekend as them. It's very, what happens with the demand is that like the price of each act goes up mm. and then it's like this insane, like like the property bubble. It's like, it's an insane thing that happens yeah. where everyone is in Ireland is paying more for an act than they would anywhere else. And it's like, yeah. what's going on in Ireland, lads? Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, everyone else in the industry is like gone they're fucking mad yeah yeah <laughs> you know um but it is interesting it'll be interesting to see what uh, is on the electric lineup but i think those are two solid lineups for anyone who's thinking about going to a festival and i'm sure many of you have been before Um, those are great little lineups for to start off with i'm sure um so yeah we move on to uh, a clusterfuck of bad guys corner yeah pretty much um yeah, there's been a lot going on that it hasn't been great. We were looking for reasons to be cheerful this week and we didn't find anything other than <laughs> very little, actually. Well, we've we've very, very good music to talk about later. So that's, that's, true. that's good. And, you know, in a way, it kind of, uh, it's the uh, contrast to what we're going to talk about, you know, in terms of like Brian Adams, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Where is shit going on with Brian Adams? So in the first, I, I believe it was the first episode that myself and Luke did of the year... Um, I, <laughs> Luke sat across from me where you are and said, I've, I've never really gotten into Ryan Adams. Why should I like him? Blah, blah, blah. And then I think I talked for about 10 minutes about how great Ryan Adams is, how excited I was for these three albums to come out, how I couldn't believe I was going to finally get a chance to see him this year. And then, you know, a month later or whenever it is, um, the Ryan Adams thing happens and it's just so disappointing. And it's like, when when I read the report when it came out, it came out like the night after we recorded a podcast, I think. That's right, yeah. And I Two was re- weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. And I was reading it and I was just like, you know, I feel like I should be numb to this at this stage, but I'm not. And it still just kicks you in the head every time something like this happens, especially when it's somebody that you love and you have a lot of respect for. And um, it's a, lo- a lot of people online a lot of women online said, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised, but I'm disappointed. And I think that's where we've moved now when it comes to these conversations. It's like, you could, like, there's no, no one is infallible anymore. And, um, you and I were, uh, WhatsApping earlier and I was saying to you that I've, I've just, whether it's because of the kind of music Me Too we're having at the moment or not, but I've just gravitated towards just listening to women at the moment. Yeah. Um, and it's it, I, I didn't really realize it until this week. Um, it wasn't like a conscious decision of like, I'm not listening to men anymore, but I'm just like, I feel like I can't take the risk anymore. Do you know, <laughs> it's just so disappointing. And it's just story after story after story until you lose track. And it's only the beginning. You yeah, know, that's the thing. Well, the fallout with the Ryan Am stuff is basically that um, his album, his upcoming album, he was released three this year. Mm. His first one that was announced, Big Colors, has been cancelled. The release has been cancelled. Yeah. Yet he, um, the current UK and Irish tour dates are still happening. 
yeah. as far as we're aware, there is no cancellation to being offered or refunds. Um, and I've I've seen them still be promoted. Right, you on, said you seen Facebook my, ads. Yeah, on my Facebook the, timeline, yeah. I've seen like a sponsored ad for it. Um, so, I don't know what's going to happen with that, but it would be very strange for it to go ahead currently. But being Ryan Adams and his prickly character and nature, and he's a kind of person to upset people. He's not the kind of person to take this lying down in any way, no, no. or to be at least you know I should regroup and just like do something, or yeah. or think about you know not being public about yeah. these. Oh, things. his his in first public. instinct, his first in- instinct has always been Twitter. Uh, whenever anything has happened, like he he had a spat with his ex wife about uh, with Ma- Mandy Moore about a year and a half ago, if you remember yeah. that, um, and then deleted a load of the tweets, and it's just I think he just needs to like consider even even though in his head he might be saying I never did anything wrong even if he's fully convinced that he never did anything wrong he needs to recognize the moment that he's in and he needs to recognize that this conversation is happening with or without him and if if he's not on board to actually have the conversation and to just like thrash back at people and call people liars and still try to promote his music and his albums, then nothing constructive can come of that, you know? And yeah, it's just the whole thing is just a clusterfuck, as you said. (laughs) Very disappointing. Well, that's it. That's He's only one of a few people that we're talking about in this context at the moment, because Mm. the other big one is that R. Kelly is the obvious candidate or, you know, in this is that, you know, there's a six part documentary called Surviving R. Kelly, all about the, his history of uh, emotional and sexual abuse and of underage and minors. Uh, he was arrested on Friday and uh, it looks like there would be a court case. He's mm. currently on bail, I think. Yeah. Um, there would be something ongoing about that. Um, and that seems a matter of time, but it is, we must remember, it's not the first time he's been in jail yes. or been up in court for these things. So the only thing is that in the moment we are in now, um, it'll be less likely that he'll get off, maybe. Yeah, I, I do think that the the cultural and social context of right now is so important when it comes to this story. And I know that there's people out there who will say, no, a, a jury will have to, you know, not not look at what, what's being written online, will, sh- shouldn't look at even the documentary as being evidence. They should only look at what's going on in the courtroom. But you can't divorce any of these stories from this context that we're living in yeah. now. And while, while it's, you know, it's it's a good thing that people are speaking up and that documentary was, you know, a feat. It was an incredibly moving moment in in music and in kind of cultural history. It's it's still really, really hard to to kind of get your head around the fact that this is going to be a court case now and there's going to be a verdict and 12 people, like 12 individuals are going to decide when the entire world right now has like already made their decision obviously um and so it's just it's that thing of now passing it over to the legal system yeah which is really difficult to kind of fathom you know well that brings us to our next point about all this and uh, it's something we didn't talk about previously and the reason was you know we haven't seen it Mm. but the michael jackson documentary uh leaving neverland 
uh, four hours long about two uh, men's stories who uh, formerly defended him and now say he abused them. Now, we haven't seen this, so we didn't no. want to talk about this. But what I'm interested in at the moment in terms of, look, I'm sure you all know what's going on with that. We haven't seen the film yet. I've talked to a couple of people who have seen, now seen it, but it's not going to be on TV till March. So okay. we've said, like, we'll wait until we can actually comment on it if that makes sense to do so yeah but somebody like michael jackson is such a huge cultural icon and this isn't again the first time that he's been through some allegations and possible dubious endings to those allegations maybe mm. paying off uh, somebody in the past but uh, the other part of it is it's current we're currently in this weird zone where we haven't seen this film we're listening to people who have or who are defending it or who are uh, criticizing it we haven't seen it ourselves and you have this awkward time where a huge global megastar obviously now passed away who can't speak about these things who was always was marred by these kind of allegations in the last 20 years of his life is now we are now trying to like how am i supposed to feel about michael jackson now yeah. i haven't seen it i haven't yeah. seen the documentary um but there's this awkwardness about like how that makes you feel. Yeah, because we're in this interim now of yeah. knowing that it's going to come out, knowing what the allegations are, but not, you know, hearing it from the people themselves. Um, yeah, it's a strange in-betweeny place that we're in where it's like, can I listen to his music? Like, yeah, I feel really like it's not like I'm asking it. anybody for permission. It's like me asking myself, like, am yeah. I okay with listening to his music? I, I haven't. It wasn't like a, a conscious decision or anything. I just haven't, you know, felt the urge to go and listen to him. But I feel like it's it it's it's also I'm I'm afraid of being too kind of um, like oh I'll, I'll I'll just wait till the film comes out. And then I'll make my decision. I'm afraid that that's not enough for me, do yeah, you know? Yeah, Um I don't know. Um, yeah, it's so weird. Like, it's such a weird place to be because, like, you, we, you know what's... You know that, like, the way that we are talking about this in popular culture and in our society at the moment is that, like, if there is damning um, evidence... Like we're, it's because it's Michael Jackson. Like we came back, it's come back to the idea of the problematic favorites mm. and the idea that we had a discussion about. Um, when was that in December? About yeah, I think around um, just the idea of when do you stop listening to artists who have been accused of things, or at what point does somebody's lyrics or questionable lyrics offend you enough that you actually feel like you can't listen to them anymore? Mm. Um, and with somebody like Michael Jackson, who's obviously written some of the greatest pop songs of all time that is such a hard question to answer yourself yeah. individually and for example i was listening to man in the mirror a lot about last summer yeah and i just feel weird now again i feel weird about it yeah. but like i knew there was allegations before but you're like oh it's such a bop oh i love the song it's so yeah. great and you're like Ugh. it's just like it's th trying to question that feeling of like guilt in advance of what might happen yeah. is such a strange thing that yeah. we've never had in popular culture before and is the idea of like cancel culture and whether, whether Michael Jackson is going to get cancelled and all this kind of stuff yeah. out of this and you're like I just feel weird even like I'm not part of this conversation but like it is so you can't really divorce Michael Jackson's music from his story because we it was always part of his music in terms yeah. of 
the narrative since I knew, since I grew up. Well, I think that's the thing. I think it's becoming really, those allegations are becoming really real for like our generation now because, because of the fact that it's always been this way, because we've never been able to separate Michael Jackson from the allegations and from the subsequent kind of culture and like from, from the popular culture thing that that became like we talked before when we last talked about Michael Jackson about like you know South Park episodes like just people constantly making jokes about it to the point where it's it's just it's just farcical and it's and I think that that removes you from it and the fact that we've always had that whereas I I wonder if somebody who somebody like my mom and dad or like even grandparents or something who saw Michael Jackson come up and like emerge as a pop star and then saw the allegations and the fall saw that as adults I wonder would they have a different take on it because they had the kind of emotional capacity to deal with what what these allegations mean Mm. but then again those allegations were such a shock to society at the time because the, we weren't living in a Me Too culture. They were so out there and inconceivable that Michael Jackson would do this, that you can, like, p- people I imagine just divorce themselves from it. So now with this documentary coming out, there are decisions to be made. It's like, A, if you're a Michael Jackson super fan, do you watch the documentary or, or do you decide to just leave it to one side and continue your life as it is, which, you know, fine. B, do you watch the documentary and decide to side with the Jacksons um, and the Michael Jackson estate and to not believe these people? Or C, do you decide to watch it, believe these people and then go from there? Then then decide what your relationship with this man's music is. Because like there's there's no getting around the fact that if you listen to his music, even if it's on Spotify, even if you stream it, you're supporting his estate and his estate are... are like currently in like legal talks or like in in a legal battle with these people who have accused Michael Jackson of sexually assaulting them. So that's where it is for me right now. I'm like, I I can't monetarily like support this. I'll probably, if I do need to listen to Michael Jackson, I'll probably use my LPs or MP3s that I already own or whatever. But streaming and and buying more i'm like i'm gonna just no they're just problems that we never we didn't couldn't foresee in the same way before yeah you know it's just it's so it's so odd it's such a strange time like i I still listen to frank sinatra and i know that he was a bad bad man but i think if a documentary came out now or like it doesn't have to be a documentary if a big damning article came out now that was full of here's exactly what happened with Frank Sinatra I'd probably have to revisit that you know Mm, yeah um even though he was obviously making music long before I was born it's just it's that removal that time gives you yeah I like we talked about on the on that podcast the podcast the questionable favorites or um problematic favorites uh podcast about you know, there's some kind of coefficient in your head that or like that is how you figure out whether you're OK with this. And mm. it's like how much you love the artist's music versus how much you can discard it like privately and the um, the reaction from people around you and all this kind of stuff. And they all add up to this um, 
you know, result that like you are happy with or not happy with. Yeah. And that's kind of how you figure it out. And it's individual. Yeah. And it's a personal algorithm. Yeah. It's yeah. very personal. It's very, it's very strange time. Look, <laughs> that's where we're at. Uh, but let's uh, let's take uh, some words. Actually, reason to be cheerful. Have some special offers for you. Hello, Post Malone here from Malone Supervalue and Drumlish. Drop in this week to find out about our amazing offers. Supervalue Fire Lighters, one ninety nine. Ullhausen Pork and Cranberry Sausages, only two ninety nine a packet. Hardcore Hip Hop G Rap Units, nine ninety nine a unit. And remember, more value, more savings every day. That's Post Malone from Malone's Malone Drumlish Malone. Now it's time for our album of the week. And our album this week is from Julia Jacqueline. It is called Crushing and it is her second album. This is the opening song from it. It is called Body. You look so proud. Couldn't wait to call a friend. We had to fly back home Never got the money back for that weekend Right there on the Sydney tarmac I threw my luggage down I said I'm gonna leave you I'm not a good woman from Julia Jacqueline's second album Crushing and that is her second uh, solo album. Now last year we featured her and her friends um, and her kind of album of garage rock as fantastic furniture and I think it's fair to say Dre we were big fans on this big podcast. Fans, yes. yes. Um, Crushing is a return to her folkier kind of solo roots um, and where she made her name and uh, I have to say that it has been uh, a very refreshing uh, release for me in the last week. Um, I um, find that it's an album. Well, first of all, it's an album chiefly concerned with uh, the dissolution of a of a, a relationship, and the title "Crushing" refers to the disappointment of the aftermath and references obviously the original crush of a new romance or as true detective put it time is a flat circle <laughs> um <laughs> but that's that what it is that, that's what the album is kind of uh, chiefly concerned about um but i am just really really enjoying this so much for its lyrical content mainly um 
it's all about that relationship and her relationship with herself and how she's supposed to feel and how and it's not cliched in any way it's very simple it's very um it's very beautifully drawn um musically it is very paired back in lots of ways very intimate mm. um a, a very much for me a just a beautiful album and a really insightful way of like finding these small moments in life that she plainly um, draws with her lyrics mm. and doesn't go any like in any major like oh I'm trying to make this like couplet uh, sing but it's like just a really simple uh, way the album does have a couple of like heavier songs perhaps but like by heavy we mean there's a driving guitar rhythm and, you know, there's a drum beat. There's very little else going yeah. on here. But it holds your attention over the course of the 10 tracks here. I think um, it's a fantastic, fantastic album. I completely agree. I've been absolutely enamored with it. Like, I, I started listening to it when I, uh, the day it came out last Friday. Last Friday, yeah. Yeah. And I, I haven't stopped. Like, it is... It's so impressive and it's really difficult to put your finger on. Like, I think the, like you were saying, like the, the theme, the central theme that binds it together is that idea of like crushing and how it feels to like, it's not, I wouldn't call it a breakup album, no, but I would call it an album about every single thing that you can possibly go through while going through a breakup. Do you know, it's like, it, it's an album about a person in that situation. And she approaches it with this kind of, just these really like wrought and tangible lyrics that it it's, it's incredible. Like the, how vivid the pictures that she paints are. Like the first song that we just heard there, Body, the story of, herself and her partner um when she decides to break up with him that they're flying away for a weekend away and he has a cigarette in the um in the airplane bathroom and they get off the plane and she breaks up with him and it's it's like obviously not everybody has been in that situation but she's the the lyrics are formed in such a way that you can completely empathize and imagine that your reaction to that would be the exact same it's this it's crushing do you know it's like and it's yeah just I don't know it's so hard to put my finger on what she manages to do here but I found the whole thing incredibly relatable and a lovely kind of um there's a beautiful femininity going through it um, a strong femininity, especially in this moment now that w women and feminisms kind of turned a lot more inward and about self-care and about how to look after yourself first. And she kind of addresses that in, in, in these kind of moments of, I think it's in, um, what is the song, the kind of uh, pressure to party where it's like you, you break up with someone and everyone all your friends tells you to tell you you know well you have to go out and drink you have to go out and see your friends you're going to write a good song you're going to do all these good things and she's like yeah but I don't I don't really want to do any of these things I'm just kind of yeah, feeling like a thing the established narrative you have you have to follow it or you yeah. have to do these things and she just kind of narrowly skirts those ideas by 
kind of giving you projections from how she really feels and how she feels like she thinks she should feel. And then there's that devastating line that song body about like wondering whether her ex has this still has this naked photo of her. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, do you still have that photograph? Would you use it to hurt me? And um, I love I love that that theme of the body that runs through it. Like it 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 starts obviously with that song called Body and with that with, with that image of somebody else owning a part of her and a part of her youth. Like she specifically says that I think she's 23 in it, that she's 28 now. So it's this idea that somebody else has this ownership of a, a snapshot of you at that age and, you know, younger, maybe a bit more naive. And th- throughout the rest of the album, I, I feel like the album could have been called Body in, as much as it could have been called Crushing because she just she explores the different ways in which she herself is taking, is either taking ownership of her body or has lost ownership of it and how she is navigating the world and herself and this past relationship um, without it. And then at the end, you know, it, it closes with like just an incredibly like, beautiful song that has like lyrics in it like you can't be the one to hold him when you were the one to left to who left and there's obviously images of bodies there like not being able to kind of connect anymore and yeah I, I, I think she's she's woven a lot of simple ideas into lyrics that also come across simply but she's done them in such complex ways yeah that this is like a big quilt of emotion <laughs> yeah you know that's fair yeah that's a really nice way of putting it um there is one song don't know how to keep loving you that's really like a beautifully uh drawn uh song and one of the lines in it is i want your mother to stay friends with mine yeah. you know those kind of like things is like capturing those small moments and really refocusing what the relationship meant and how it means in those small ways like when the family flies in another kind of devastating song is like oh the last thing i sent you was an irrelevant music video and i'll always wonder if you ever watched it yeah um, i then, love when the family flies in yeah i think that's a wonderful song and then later in the album you were right i started listening to your favorite band and i just stopped listening to you you were always trying to force my hand but now i'm listening because i want to this, those kind that, of things you're like oh that song particularly grasped me because I don't know if it's just uh, men that do this to women thing, but I think it's prevalent where <laughs> men kind of in, in relationships, they try to kind of educate you about music, even though you are a person with your own music tastes. And I just found that song so refreshing because it's like, yeah, they do that. They're like, oh, li- listen to this and like, oh, you'll get it. And then I'll always be the person who introduced that to you. But she flips that and she's like, no, I I, I, I love the band, but that doesn't mean that it belongs to you. It belongs as much to me now as it as it does yeah, to you. Or I waited till and we were over. To, yeah. And to I've never, I've never heard that spin it's on such that a subtle, before. It's such a subtle fuck you. It is. It like, is incredibly yeah. so. It's she wonderful. She does the same with restaurants as well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's great there's that other song and actually I, that's why I was thinking about this in the context of uh, like the Ryan Adams stuff and obviously like Phoebe Bridgers to my in my head I sometimes get Phoebe Bridgers and Julie Jacqueline confused obviously very different um, they're on the same lane they're diff- obviously from different places but like I listen to them a lot together in a playlist that I have yeah. 
And uh, it reminded me of that because obviously Phoebe Bridgers was brought up in the context of Ryan Adams as one of his, uh, she shared some experience that she had about him. And Julia Jacqueline here has a song called Convention that kind of shines a light a little bit on like those kind of power struggles between um, more powerful men in the industry perhaps yeah. and uh, and upcoming emerging artists who are female. Um, like there's lines on there. Um, Do you really want to give them the microphone? You know, we keep talking long after everyone's gone home. We'll have to pay to keep the lights on. Um, and then there's lights going on about, uh, oh, there's line. There's a later line in that, which I actually don't have in front of me, but it is really nice, uh, nicely way of putting it. It's like, it's kind of this malaise of like where this, more powerful guy is kind of saying something is it, trying, um, to, trying to get him to sleep with her by says saying, he oh, buys show the paper the but he reads between the lines i can't show you how i do it why don't you come back to mine yeah, yeah exactly and that's then great she's just like oh please say something i'm dying for your advice <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I can tell i can tell you won't sleep well if you don't teach me how to do it yeah exactly that's it's like, like oh oh i'm here oh, to exist in your narrative you know yes. it's like it's so perfect in, it's in so that way. good yeah and, and it's I think, so simple but i've i haven't heard that in a song yeah. before like like i can I can picture men that I know in my head when she sings the, those lines. And I imagine that everybody else can. And it's like, in in order to have a connection with this person, I'm going to have to let them teach me something. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, it's it's so incredible. And then she just puts it in this unreal song. And oh, yeah, it's great. It's so good. <laughs> It's one of those albums that I've just been going from track one to ten and then going back a few hours later and pressing yeah. play again. Yeah. Um I think it's a fantastic release. Um she's playing here in at the end of March. On the she is. Of March. I'm really excited. We're gonna go. We're sure. gonna go. <laughs> yeah, um and that'll be great. That'll be in Whelan's. Um definitely one of my favorite new songwriters in terms of uh this kind especially in terms of lyrics um mm. and her delivery. I just love her voice as well. Her voice what I like is about stunning, this, yeah. It yeah. is it's very close and very intimate and like even compared it to, say, for example, the other band that she was in, Fantastic Furniture, that was much more reverby and like full band rock kind of stuff. And this mm. is like her voice just sits perfectly on top of the instrumentation here yeah. in a really close way. Yeah. Nothing's like, jarring on it. Nothing, nothing brings you out of the mood. It's, it's all, even though there are those kind of quote unquote heavier tracks, they, they sit alongside the really soft kind of more melancholy based ones yeah. but there's there's melancholy running through all of it but there's also humor running through all of it like she's yeah. she's got quippy as hell uh turns of phrases on this that will like at, w at one moment you're kind of sitting with your head head in your hands going oh my god i i know this feeling i can connect with this entirely and then the next minute she makes you laugh like the friend who's helping you get through the breakup like there's there's parts on it where I feel like her her sort of, her insight and her experience is that feeling of somebody saying, "Well, I've I've gone through this, so you know if if you're going through it or when you go through it, just know that it's not all bad. You can still do this. You don't have to go and do a face mask and go on a yoga retreat and like you, you don't have to do all the things that everybody says you have to do. It's okay to just sit and be with this feeling. And I think that's a re that's a really really cool message. Um it's just a yeah. It's I think my favorite album that's come out this year so far. Okay, well we're 
of end of two months in yeah, to the, uh, I know. Uh, the year. So, <laughs> you know, I had that that's the one to beat for you so far. It's the one I to think. beat so far, for okay. sure. Yeah. Well, let's play a bit of Pressure to Party to give you a bit more of the more upbeat impressions from the album. Uh, this is Pressure to Party from Crushing. That is Julia Jacklin from our album of the week, which is called Crushing. Very much recommend that one, so do check it out. Now it's time to move on to our tracks of the week, and our first track from this week is from Kojak. It is called Flu Shot. Maybe I'm from a home with a prize, big in my jacket, a pack of Johnny, some Jim Beam, we be making a racket. I just got off of the phone with the Lord and Savior himself. He told me the second coming, some little double and nagger. I'm on the phone to the majors, told him to suck my dick on a step ahead of a label up. Put myself in my sleep Play this shit for your granny Or play this shit for your mommy Or somebody with some money I'm sick of shopping in alley Sick of playing for beans Sick of paying for clothes So I made a couple teachers And sold them off at the shows Sick of being so humble Sick of being the best I'm sick of being a beacon I'm burning up in the stress Sick of the people talking Sick of the people guessing I'm sick to the point of putting my hands On a Smith & Wesson So to answer all your questions Don't you worry about my health I'm great I just got sick of saying it to myself that is flu shot from kojak his first track since uh, delhi j dreams was released uh, uh, one year ago I wasn't able to make his uh, live wheeling show over the weekend, but I heard it was very good. He's great live. Um, interesting um, to see this happen. Now, he's done a couple of songs since Daddy Dreams came out, but this is his first song, I think, officially as a, a solo single release mm. since then. Um, first of all, the video for this is pretty fantastic. Unreal. Right? Um, it's Such really, style. Yeah, it's really well done. Like uh, what Kojak has done in terms of visuals is equally as impressive as what he's done um, with his songs. But what's interesting about this lyrically for me is that it's kind of like Daddy James Dreams was a chronicle of a daddy worker, all that kind of like thematic stuff. This is like almost bigger. Like he's like, he's changed to the point where he's like, oh, I'm successful now. And he's kind of given out a little bit. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, he is. You yeah. know, like the majors are calling and all that kind of stuff. And it's yeah. like a bit of a, like, I don't fucking need you kind of stuff. I'm really into the song. I really, really, really like this. Um, 
I think it just it flows so well. Um, my only problem with it is that it's too short. I, yeah. I could listen to another three verses of this. You know, I um, do have a little bit of a problem with the the line. I'd love to know more about that line where he's talking. I'm just trying to get a titty or a look at a titty or whatever. It is. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know what that means or like what. You know, I don't know if there's like a character or whatever. I just can sometimes get a bit like, oh, okay. I, yeah, I I sort of, I also had the same sort of like, oh, what's that about? But I think he like references a wet nurse and stuff before. So I, I don't know if it's a joke about, I don't know, that kind of thing. But yeah. it's it's there. It's fine. I'm I'm all right with it. But um. I think it's I, I think I've I was just sort of so won over by the rest of it. Um, yeah. it's really funny as well. The child leaf card bit <laughs> at the beginning, like proper like it got a laugh out of me in the first like five seconds of the song. So I was like, Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm down with this. Yeah. What it's I like really what I like about Cole Jackie is, is he's definitely got a bit of character and his Oh, for sure. Character for days. Yeah. Is is sharing that. And yeah, it'll be oh, look, you know, we're only a week and a half. Is it next week? The choice is next week, is it? No, it's not. It can't be next week. The week after next. No, yeah, early March, isn't it? Uh, yes. Hold on a sec. Um, yes. So the choice is next Thursday. And, and he is nominated for Delhi Dream, Dreams for Choice Irish Album of the Year. Mm. Narratively, in my head, it makes a lot of sense that he could win it. Um, I think it's between Kojak and Villagers. Uh, yeah, I think Saint Sister have a good shout as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's an interesting one. I think what there's a lot of albums that are worthy winners in terms of I wouldn't be mad at them winning. Same, but I feel like the narrative of Kojak really suits in my head. It really suits the choice mm. and where the winner of an album and the fact that they changed the rules to kind of accommodate him, presumably because judges. Um, what were querying whether it was eligible? Yeah. Um, but interesting one. Yeah, yeah. And that's I, th- I think it's it's such a kind of it's a refreshing sort of narrative. Do you know? It's not. It doesn't. It's not lofty yet. It's incredibly artistic and narrative. And the the album itself is just it's fun and biting and brilliant from start to finish. And then there's I I feel like this is like. If if he wins, it would make sense because I do think that this is going to be like the year of Kojak. So it would make sense that the that that it sort of kicks off early spring with him yeah. winning the choice. Um, even if he doesn't, you know, whatever. But yeah, yeah. Well, certainly for me, last year was the year of Kojak for uh, domestic in Ireland. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's what I mean. The like I feel like this like... year is is when the kind of more international stuff happens yeah um, for sure i hope of, anyway there's a lot of shows coming up in the uk the great escape and and live at leeds and places yeah. like that where he will be playing so yeah. it'll be interesting to see how he, how he gets on with that has a manager now as well in the uk um and so we'll be interested to see what happens with kojak that is flu shot our next song is um gave uh, dre a lot of joy when it was announced today it is from big thief uh ufof Switch to another
That was a new song from Big Thief. Uh, it's called UFOF, and it is the same title as their forthcoming album, which will be released on 4 AD, right? Yes. Um, and they are playing here soon in Vicar Street uh, on May 21st as well. Yeah. Uh, they're another band that I'm hugely familiar with in terms of their albums. Um, I know of them. I've seen a lot of people go completely mental when something is announced around this band. Mm-hmm. And Adri- Adrian Lenker is the singer and uh, main songwriter. She had a the solo album out last year as well um maybe you you can tell me a bit more about the band i think it's the third album uh this will be the third album coming up and i feel like the last two um will be right up your street i i, I think if you if if you give them a go um you'll be kind of taken by them i i was anyway um so they two albums out previously masterpiece and uh capacity and this is kind of it's not a, su- a surprising sound or anything, but it's it's a really kind of fresh perspective and narrative. I think it's really kind of, it's quaint, yet kind of arresting. I really, really like the lyrics in it. It's sort of, a, I, I think, a story about like kind of being taken away from like a familiar space into unfamiliar worlds there's, a, there's sci-fi in there um kind of a, dr- a dreamy narrative that matches the dreaminess of the vocals I love how the melody kind of tumbles over itself and it's kind of it's it's always catching up with itself with that like running get, finger pick style guitar and kind of like, reminded me of Radiohead actually yeah kind yeah of style. Mm-hmm. apparently the F stands for friend so it's unidentified yeah. friend of friend yes Sure. Uh, or flying object friend. <laughs> Whatever you say. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was I was really, really taken by this um, and it made me very, very excited for the for the album to co- uh, the album coming up. So more of this from Big Thief, please. Yes. Great. We'll move on to our next track of the week. Um, let's play it first and then talk about it afterwards. This is Tierra Whack with Only Child. Only Child, because you're so stinty. I just want to go back wild When you don't defend me I've been on the fucking ground I've been counting minis You didn't turn my heart so cold I should work it freely Darling, darling I've been praying for you For you For you So cancel our dream members. I'ma leave this nigga. Don't believe me, nigga. I was make believing, nigga. It was only one season, nigga. MOD, my nigga. Money of a day. Money of a day. You should stop breathing, nigga. You must be the only child. 
That is Tierra Wack. Song is called Only Child. Um, Tierra Wack is from Philadelphia, and mo- last year released an album called Wack World, um, and it was a late discovery for me. Um, it was, I think, I avoided it because it was the the pitch was it's fifteen minute, it's fifteen songs in fifteen minutes. Mm. Cool, and then I listened. To it, I was like, <laughs> this is bloody brilliant! Like it's absolutely great, um, and it's shouldn't work. One minute song shouldn't work, but there were like these amazing sketches that arrived with Instagram videos and all really well done. Mm. And uh, kind of you could watch them in a 15 minute uh, one YouTube video. It's like a modern guided by voices. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was a bit like that, actually, um, or magnetic fields or something. Mm. It's like that idea that they're kind of like these short, small very different styles going on and um, different cadences and different vibes on each one minute track and it's like here look what i can do and i found myself going back to it a lot because there were so many hooks on it and there were mm. so many like moments where you're just like this this is absolutely brilliant and did you like, find those moments though you wish that they were expanded a bit or i think i just got used to the fact they were one minute and um, so mm. this is the first song that your rack has released since then i mean has released songs of a full length this mm. is four minutes long um so it's an actual full song and then another one came out today it's called a quarter of an album clones for yeah yeah so by by contrast but uh what i love about tierrack is that those cadences are so strange and so different and like there's it's rap and sung and weird and a bit off kilter and kind of a no name me vibe on this I feel but even more so for me it's kind of it's more individual it's more like somebody just playing with their voice in different ways like there's a track on um whack world where she sounds like this country singer and you're like where did that come from yeah but because it's one minute it's like oh it's over it's good but there's a lot of like back and forth back and vocals and stuff like that and uh subtle and really interesting and the it's kind of this song is like a lullaby as well like it's very somnambulist it's very sleepy and but it's also like a bit of a banger as well <laughs> do you yeah. know what i mean yeah. like that's sort of the weird thing about it i like that's what i like about it it's these contrasts and strangeness anyway apparently we're in whack history month because that's what she's calling it. so fair play to whoever came up with that hashtag now yeah that's great social media content now isn't uh, it? that's asher look then yeah you have to be doing that now stay relevant um <laughs> i i like this um it took me a few listens to like it I think just because I was in that like Julia Jacqueline kind of <laughs> yeah, a bit space, different, bit different. It, it was a bit different. Um, I have to say, I do like it a lot more than the other track that she released. Yeah, Today Clones. Yeah, which is a mumble rap track. And I, I just don't like mumble rap. So it's nothing personal. I just don't like it. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's great mumble rap out there. <laughs> Send it to me if it does exist. Um but yeah, I do. I do really like this. Um, it it didn't bow me over or anything, but I'm I'm I might go and listen to that um fifteen do, minute yeah, album then. Uh, yeah, it, it might take a few listens, but it's fifteen minutes long, so it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you, an hour will have passed. You yeah, just do it four times. It's absolutely fine. But yeah, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with her. Obviously, like debuting with a fifteen minute. Well, not debuting, but like uh, breaking with a fifteen minute, uh, fifteen song album is one thing. But that's like, pretty cool. It's pretty Kanye. Yeah, it's very cool and it was a cool idea and it worked because she did it really well and she did the videos and it's like this self-contained project is like, these were like sketches that she did and it worked out really well. So it was like, Mm. it's great. It's well worth checking out. Now our final song this week is from Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever. I finally got that song. (laughs) I finally got that right. I usually don't. Um, This is a new song from them. They're from Melbourne and this is called In the Capital. 
That was a taste of Rolling Blackouts, Coastal Fever, a song from them called In the Capital, which is a new song that arrives after they released um, their album last year. Um, it was called Hope Downs. It came out on Sub Pop. And that album was very much a kind of more throwback almost. It was like early R.E.M. Um, they're from Australia, so Go Between seemed like a, a good um, reference point and uh, some kind of college rock vibes as well. And uh, we have a special guest in the, in the studio and the dog is not happy with that comparison. <laughs> not happy. Sorry about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what do you think of this song? I like it. Um, I'm not You're too familiar it. with um, Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever. I keep calling them Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever or... No, that's right. That, that, that okay, right. <laughs> I usually call them Rolling Coastal Blackouts Fever Yeah, Rolling Coastal Fever Blackouts. I'm like, what I was, are they I was called? reading a Pitchfork review of one of their albums. Uh, it might have been Hope Downs. Um, and the reviewer even said like... I get it wrong all the time. I have to double check yeah. it all the I time. I think it's well because it's like, it should be FC in your head because you're so used to football clubs. That's true, actually. And you're like, Fever Coastal. That doesn't make sense. And it, they call it Rolling Blackout CF sometimes. And you like, can you can take it and, and put it in any order and it will make yeah. as much or as little sense as it does and it's in the way it is now. But yeah, it's... Um, it's a, it's a lovely song, isn't it? In the sunshine, we had a bit of sunshine today. I enjoyed walking around listening to it. Very sub-pop vibe, um, kind of straightforward indie um yeah stuff you i know? like it it's probably not something i go back to an awful lot but in, yeah in the moment i was like i like the song cool. yeah i like it me too i'm interested in it um so uh, that's it for our songs of the week and uh, our album of the week so it turns uh, to me to ask you uh what have you been listening and reading and watching this week i've literally just been listening to Julia jacqueline this week um yeah. so Nothing, nothing too exciting to re- actually. Do you know I revisited the uh, B fifty twos a bit earlier. Oh, there in was the a week. piece about them. It was like if you want to get into B fifty twos. Oh, really? This is how you get into them. Yeah. Ah, I think it was I sh- like a I noisy piece, perhaps. Okay, I, yeah. I'll I'll search. I'll seek that out because I was just sort of dipping into albums and listening to, to tracks because it's been ages since I've listened to them. So I was really enjoying that. Um started trying to learn Love Shack on my guitar as well, which is a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I watched that um, documentary, Abducted in Plain Sight. Yes. That's the one. Um, I watched that. That was mad. Yeah, that's pretty insane. Um, I don't I, know how I keep watching these true crime things, but well, they keep throwing I, them up. I didn't think it was a very good documentary, to be honest. I thought a lot of it was really vivid, like needlessly and it didn't come with a trigger warning at the start or anything. And I was like, Jesus, there's a lot of really, because they do recreations in it. And I think. Yeah, I was a bit confused about those. Actually. Yeah, I think I don't like reenactments in documentaries. I think I know that now. Um, but yeah, very, you know, strange and awful, obviously, story. Um about I don't uh, think you should I, go in too much about yeah. it because like it's insane if it, 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 it is insane like I don't necessarily I'd, I, I, I'd recommend watching it if you're into true crime stuff if you liked it's not up there with the staircase of making murder and the jinx and that kind of I stuff. I couldn't get into the staircase. I was just like, really, it felt like such a slog to be like, I don't oh, know. Oh no, like it, it picks up. It really, really picks up. Um, yeah. But 
I'm yeah, not gonna, I'm, like I think I've had enough for true crime actually for a while. To yeah. be honest, if I'm honest, yeah, yeah sun's out. Podcast, true crime's gone. <laughs> podcasts are, are. I'm done with the true crime podcast. I'm done with all that. I tried to give um, uh, season three of Serial a go, and I just kept trying to listen to it. Oh, so I really I enjoyed like, season mm, three. Mm, uh, it was different, but really enjoyed it. In it I, I listened to, to Sarah Koenig read the phone book, though. Like I just love her, but she's not in it as much either. Yeah, there's a couple of episodes where it's another um, This American Life guy. But I, I really liked him. Uh, yeah. I, th- I thought he was a really good reporter. His research is great. Um, you can like feel him fighting his way through the courthouse to try and get conversations with people, which I really like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed that. I haven't been... Uh, I'm reading Americana, the novel, um, at the moment for my book club. And that's very good. I'll probably have more to say about it when I finish it, though. But cool. that's all I've been up to, yeah. Uh, I was in Belfast last Thursday night and day for the Output Music Festival conference and uh, night showcases on the night thing. I saw a dairy band called Cherum, who I was really impressed by. Mm. Now, recording-wise, it's uh, very much pop-punk and, uh, like inspired by american pop punk and i always found the nord nourish accent works really well in that context yeah and there's a lot of that kind of music that's very like sugary mm-hmm. it's like sugar rush um kind of pop punk but i just really enjoyed them they were a great band they're actually playing on thursday night in dublin 28th of every uh i think supporting a band in wheels um so i would definitely go see them again i thought they were brilliant uh conferences itself is really good it's a great place for um some really engaged uh, attendees and like they had four or five different rooms and all seemed to be full. I was on a panel about PR, which was interesting because it's not my normal chat, but mm. um, yeah, it was interesting. I thought it was very useful. Um, I went to see our our podcast friend, uh, <laughs> Dave Hanready from No Encore. Um, speak too much, I said. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I said he spoke. He asked do, you, me for, do you want to address that? <laughs> he asked me for feedback afterwards and I... I I meant it in a nice way, but he I was like, <laughs> you spoke a lot. And I left that ambiguously out there. Met, I can imagine you just Homer Simpson thing. back into the, yeah. into the bush. <laughs> yeah, I just disappeared and dissolved and I left him to think about that. Um, but no, it was really good actually. And it was, it was a really interesting discussion about podcasts and the value of them. And actually it made me think a lot about, um, you know, why I enjoy doing this one as well, because, uh, you know, like you write something online and you very rarely like have a direct connection with either the the reader, mm. really. And, you know, statistics and analytics and all that tell you that like, oh, somebody might stay on a page for like 40 seconds or whatever yeah. it is. And then the con by contrast, like not only like myself and yourself are having a real conversation and in the context of social media and how, how things are going on. And how you can misconstrue people online and all that mm. kind of stuff and like not get somebody's sarcasm or yeah. not get somebody's joke. Like there's misdirection and miscommunication there where like if you're just one person talking to another person, like as we are here, yeah, like it's, we're having a conversation and that's like really mo- much more interesting to listen to sometimes. And I yeah. think that's why podcasts, uh, particularly less the narrative driven ones, they're more story based, but the ones where two people or three people are just in a room mm. having a chat about a subject that they enjoy is engaging and it's like you know what podcast analytics tell you is that people on average listen for like 40 something minutes or something yeah or like whatever if you yeah. look at, I don't know and i mean is, is someone going to sit down and read an article that yeah takes 40 odd minutes to yeah read, like you know, you know that's a super different uh like a level of engagement it is you yeah. know it's a much more yeah. intimate thing yeah it's its own thing yeah. definitely 
Yeah. Anyway, that's just a big shout out for podcasts in general. Go on the podcast. And their general existence. We like you podcasts. Um, Other than that, uh, I finished True Detective. The new season. Yes. Right. I haven't watched any of it. It's funny you mentioned mumble rap earlier on. Because (laughs) Mahershara Ali is an actor who's in the third season of True Detective. You nailed the pronunciation, by the way. I did. Thank you. Uh, And we've had, we've like found ourselves ha- having to put on the subtitles just to understand what he was saying sometimes. Oh, is, is his voice like really low? He, he's, he was the same in House of Cards and he wasn't the same on the Oscars last week when he speaks and I've seen him in something else and he hasn't been like that. I think it just depends what Maybe kind of Maybe they just mix them weird. But the funny thing was, right, so we put the subtitles on last night for the very last episode. I won't say anything else about the, the story or narrative and how it goes in case you haven't seen it. That's fair enough. Um, but... We put it on and at one point the subtitles didn't even know what he said. Oh, it was no. just like murmurs. Oh, <laughs> That's no. all it said. It was like, okay. That's literally me watching The Dark Knight Rises. I, I went to see that in the cinema and I couldn't tell you the plot of that film because I've no idea what Bane said at any point <laughs> in the film. I was just like, what? He's looks vaguely threatening, I suppose. Couldn't even like lip read because he's got a stupid yeah. mask on yeah he's got a mask on yeah time. yeah uh, what else have i been watching recently um oh uh what was the other thing i was gonna think oh i watched the new the very new uh, episode of alan partridge on the bbc i missed it i'm gonna um, watch it this weekend oh, I just kinda, i have to I wait to watch it with the, the humor so much that it doesn't even bother me that it's like why is this back oh um, uh, it's fine that it's back. did you see the um the email yeah. That was yeah. great. That was did they actually good. send it out to be 20,000? Uh, yeah, I or think so. it was just so. like a screenshot of a thing that they supposedly did? No, I think I think he did. Um, because people who I saw on Twitter who like no longer work for the BBC, but right. have like a BBC e- email address, um, <sighs> were like, oh, I don't I don't work there anymore, but I got this today, gas. <laughs> um, that was really, really funny. It was, Does that mean anyone? <laughs> at it, the it, end when he's like, your colleague and I am your colleague. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean anyone in um, in the BBC can email anyone at all times? Or was it like, is it I, like an all at bbc.co.uk? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. My brother actually used to work for the BBC. I must ask him if he still has his like email address. I'm sure that's not something that everybody in the BBC can do because that would be it. Um, I'd say all at bbc.co.uk <laughs> would get. Let's try it. Try it now. Try it now. <laughs> Well, that's it from the podcast this week. I think, um, like we say before, and we'll say again, if you like what you're hearing and you like to support 909, the site in general, and everything that we're doing, we have a patreon.com at the moment, patreon.com forward slash 909, where you can be a member and you get some extra content. If you enjoyed the Give Us the Night and Nightlife special last week, we actually posted the full interview of Crystal Clear because I felt like it was so engaging and so interesting to chat to. Um, I want to chat to him again at some point for sure, but that was a really interesting 27 minute, mm-hmm. 28 minute chat I had with him. And a lot of it just wasn't relevant to the immediate um, narrative and, and things we were discussing, but really fascinating interview and uh, very honest and eloquent. And uh, yeah, great chat. So if you want to hear that in full, you can sign up to the Patreon. It's from uh, Fiverr a month and that's $5. So it's not even five euro. It's like three eighty or something. Yeah. 420, it's not even a pint. Uh, plus fat actually as well. So it is like maybe a um, pint. It's, it's <laughs> Pint fi- of Foster's. It's a pint. It's a pint. It's about a pint. It's price of a pint a month. But there we are. Um, you can sign up to that and we have like exclusive playlists and mixes and all sorts of stuff. And there's more to come on that. We could but put anyway. pictures of the dog up. 
Yeah, I'm going to do that anyway. Yeah, okay. On Instagram. <laughs> you know what? We're due, we're due one. We're due, we're due we're a dog We'll put up a picture pick. of you and the dog after this. We'll How see. about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to a... Um, a screening of a Sonic Youth documentary at the IFI on Saturday. So very much looking forward to that. That'll maybe feel like a gig. Um, but apart from that, I think all's clear for the moment. Very good. Anyway, there'll be plenty of stuff coming up in the next while, like you said. Sure It'll will. be a busy time. That's it from the 909 podcast this week. Um, thank you, Dre. Thank you, Niall. Thank you. Everybody, thank you, and, everybody, and, and thank you, Daffodil, for being quiet in the Thanks, corner. Thanks, Daffodil. For she was so good. Yeah, we're very proud. That's a dog, by the way. In case, you oh yeah, know, it's not guess. a Daffodil. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna leave you with a song from um, a, an Irish artist who came back after releasing an, a, a, a kind of a lo-fi EP in 2016. His name is Skinner, and he came back with this song called Headroom. Uh, but we premiered about two or three weeks ago. Uh, I love it so much and I want more people to hear it. So I'm going to play it again. And this is his brand new song. It is called Headroom. His name is Skinner. Uh, I love this. I hope you love it too. That's it from us this week. Thank you very much. Bye.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 